This is On The Block with Brent X. Ah, seems like old times. In Syracuse and Connecticut get back together at Madison Square Garden as they will tonight. Terrific college basketball matchup. Uh, important game for Syracuse in the non-conference slate. I think it's an important one for Connecticut as well, but uh, don't take my word for it. Let's get the Connecticut perspective from somebody who can give it to us the best. He is the play-by-play voice of the UConn Huskies football and basketball squad, a voice that we've had the uh, great pleasure to speak with over the years and always great to have the excuse to round back and have him on the show again. Pleasure to welcome Jody Ambrosio, the play-by-play voice of the UConn Huskies, back here on ESPN Radio Syracuse. Joe, how are you, sir? Brent, I was happy when your uh, producer reached out, or it was you who reached out and uh, asked me to come on. I always enjoy you. talking to you it's always a good time it's nice to be back on ESPN radio yeah absolutely uh Joe it's great to have you back on both fronts and you know we say this but Syracuse and UConn seem to run into each other a lot there was last year's game of course there was the battle for Atlantis before that and it seems that even though they're in different conferences they always find excuses to play each other and I'm glad that they do not only because we get to talk to you but it just brings up those old feelings is this something that you think that these two should do as as long as they can going forward here absolutely I think it benefits both teams Brent and I I, I know that UConn is in the 2k classic next year and I think Syracuse is in it as well so I mean there's a chance they could meet next year uh, at the Garden once again. But, you know, I mean, it, there's such a difference, Brent, in the programs now. I mean, Syracuse uh, in the ACC, surrounded by uh, basketball rivals, uh, even though they're not schools that have been traditional rivals of Jim's teams, um, it's still the blue bloods of the sport. sport. And, unfortunately, UConn uh, is in the opposite direction in the AAC, where – 95% of the fan base in Connecticut uh, doesn't give a hoot about uh, Wichita State or <laughs> SMU or Tulsa or Tulane or East Carolina. That's the thing, Joe. I wanted to ask you about that. It's a great way to get into that question. What What is life like for UConn now in the American, you can throw football into this discussion now. We've got enough separation between you know the ACC and the Big East breakup of a few years ago, and you know there was some rumbles that UConn maybe could step up to you know a Power Five conference, if you will. But they've settled in where they are, and Syracuse has settled in where they are. What, what's life like generally for UConn Husky sports now? How would you describe it? Well, I'll be blunt about one part, Brent. The travel sucks. I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, there's no direct flights from uh, Hartford to Tulsa to uh, Wichita to Dallas to Houston. Um, there's long road trips, uh, and it, it, I think it, 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 it has a factor. Um, you know, you're getting back late at night if you charter after games. Um, look, the fans haven't bought into it. Uh, attendance at football this year was at an all-time low. Now, part of that is because the coach who was there before Randy Edsel uh, did his best to try to destroy the program. Oh, wow. Uh, Bob Diaco, right. Yeah. Uh, who is now out of work in Nebraska after one sterling year on the job there. Um, but people, like I said at the beginning, Brett, people just aren't, people just aren't buying into the conference. And, you know, the money's, money's tight. The Big East money that they gave UConn uh, dries up after this year. Uh, the AAC does not have uh, lucrative television deals. Um, so UConn's, UConn's kind of hemorrhaging money a little bit. Um, so the fans, 
The fans struggled with it. You know, the coaches are all good with it. They know they have to be the best they can in the league. They've been in. Hey, look, Brent, let's be honest. UConn, UConn, everybody thought UConn was going to come in this AAC in basketball and dominate it. Well, they haven't. You know, they've won one conference title. Our regular seasons have been uh, 500 or maybe a game above 500. So it's been, it's, even though it's been four years, five years now, it's been a bit of an adjustment. Jody Ambrosia is our guest. He's the play-by-play voice of the UConn Huskies. And, Joe, a similar question, but let's pare it down to this basketball program in Kevin Ali and life under Kevin Ali and, you know, taking over for Jim Calhoun, and we saw him win the championship and take some steps forward there. Same uh, question relative to the Big East ACC. There's enough time now that we know what Kevin Ali basketball is like, his philosophy, what the structure of the program is. How can you describe that for us? He runs a pro-style offense, um, gives the kids a lot of freedom. Um, they, they don't worry about post-play as much, but they need a big man especially on the defensive end, to be a, a rim protector, which, as you know, Brent, has been a great tradition uh, at UConn. No you question. Know, back yeah. in the days, Jake Voskel and uh, uh, Mecca Okafor, Hashim Fabi, even Amita Brima, who wasn't as good as the others, they, they've always had big men there. Um, they're struggling shooting the ball. Uh, he's a very demanding coach. As I'm sure you know, three kids left after last season uh, to transfer elsewhere. We hear a lot of that was parents-driven. Oh, what a surprise that is. Um, I, I still think he's a good coach. Now, look, he's taken a lot of heat. Last year was the first losing season that they've had in 30 years, and they just come off back-to-back overtime games against Columbia and Montville. So, uh, Monmouth, I'm sorry, not Montville. Columbia and Monmouth. Um, but I still think he's a good coach, and I think, Brent, by the time this team gets into conference play, which begins with Wichita State in Hartford, on December 30th, I, I think they have a chance to be pretty good in the conference. Maybe not as good as Wichita State and Cincinnati. You know, maybe they can bait Nick Cronin into trying to get in a fight and a layup in a postgame handshake line again. <laughs> we would love to see that. That's for sure. Some sparks flying. Fantastic. So that Cincinnati Xavier thing looked like the NHL of the old days. <laughs> Bring back the Hartford Whalers. Now we're now we're getting into there a whole different go. discussion. There baby. you go. I got you. Got to love it. Joe, you brought it up. Uh, last two games, Connecticut has had to go to overtime against Columbia and Monmouth. Syracuse suffered their first loss of the season Saturday against Kansas and, and beat Maryland before that. So these teams have had some interesting roads here just in their last couple of games. Why the overtime games? What kind of games were those for Connecticut? Take us through uh, the last two for the Huskies. Well, it fell behind in both games. Um, you know, they were down 15 to Columbia uh, late in the first half and early in the second half. Uh, they had a storm back in that game. Uh, Columbia had a shot to win it. Ran about as bad a play as you could run to try to get to overtime. And then against Monmouth, they had a seven-point lead in the second half. And Monmouth, who's, who's been a really good mid-major, not as good as they've been in the last couple of years when they won the MAC championship. But, you know, Monmouth made a nice comeback. Um, UConn has really struggled to shoot the three consistently. And obviously that's a concern tonight, especially now with Battle and Howard Jim's team's uh, Jim's got a lot more length up front of that two-three zone, and that's when they're at their best. Um, there's really no inside presence for UConn. They're trying to find a kid who can who can give them consistency. They have four or five uh, redshirt freshmen, uh, or they're trying to put in there David uh, Honora, who people from your area remember from Cornell is a is a grad student. 
Um, he gets in foul trouble. He's not a scorer. He's a rebounder, energy guy. I think this game tonight, to be honest, is more important for UConn considering the last two games they played out at the PK-80. They got blown out in the second half by Michigan State, and they really never showed up against Arkansas. That was their worst loss in 40-something years. So uh, I think this game tonight is a real big game for UConn. They have a couple of more real good non-conference games. They have a, a trip a uh, week before Christmas. This is a great bit of scheduling. They go to Arizona on December 30, uh, 21st, and then they go to Auburn, uh, a return game on December 23rd. And Wayne Norman and I, uh, who does the games, been doing the games with me for all 26 years, we were just joking in the play. We don't think there'll be anybody trying to fly out of Hartsfield Airport at 10 o'clock on December 23rd. you got to find the positives in things, right? Yeah. <laughs> and well, then they play Villanova in Hartford um, in January, January 20th, which will probably be their best attended game of the year. They'll probably sell out the XL Center for that game. Joe, but I you, think this game tonight's more important. you gotta look you got, you, just, you got to look at the positives. Like you, you know every nook and cranny of every road trip you take to Tulsa and Wichita. You can write you know, a great story or a blog or some sort about traveling on the absolute busiest time of the year. Like You're gaining real insight into things that will help people down the road. you got to look at the positive side of all these things, right? And no one gets and no one cares. <laughs> I care. I'll listen to you. Well, Not that I'll ever do that. Friend, I will send you a text. There you go. And I will let you know. I'll text you at 1230 Christmas Eve morning I when we land at Oakford. I can't wait for the angry text that they ran out of coffee at the Cinnabon at the, at the airport. <laughs> Joe, uh, if I told you this uh, Syracuse team, it, one that struggles to shoot the three consistently, and also they've had trouble defending the three-point shot in their last three games, is that something that Connecticut can take advantage of? Well, they're three, I would think so, Brent, but their three-point shooting is inconsistent. The best example of that is Christian Vital, who hit the two free throws last year to beat Syracuse when they met at the Garden. He's had two great games shooting the ball, where he's like, I don't know, I'm going to throw a number up here because I really can't look because I'm driving. But he's like 11 for 18 from three-point range in those games. And then the other six games, he's like three for a million. So, I mean, that's kind of symbolic. Antoine Anderson, who's a grad student from Fordham, is an average three-point shooter. Jalen Adams is an average three-point shooter. Terry Larry has actually been a better three-point shooter this year than people expected. Um so it's a you know they 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 have guys who can shoot the three. I'm surprised Syracuse has struggled uh, defending the three with the size they have. Yeah, it's been interesting that it's been one guy the last three games. Uh, Devontae Graham had 35 points in consecutive games for Kansas, including against Syracuse. And then they played Kevin Herter for Maryland, who's just a great shooter overall, another local guy who's from just a couple hours away here from central New York. And then, of all people, Treshawn Fletcher of Toledo had six three-pointers. So it's just been one guy who's got the hot hand. So something to watch tonight if uh, Connecticut can get that guy going. Joe, uh, we're... We're anticipating, you know, you know, Madison Square Garden, Syracuse, Connecticut. You know, it's a Tuesday night. I'll see what kind of crowd is there. But as you well know, a lot of alums of both schools there and within traveling distance for both fan bases. What do you think from a Connecticut perspective? Do you think they're going to represent tonight at the Garden a lot of fans? Oh, I, I can tell you for sure. I know a, a lot of friends of mine. I was at an event up on campus yesterday with a lot of people from our, our foundation, UConn Foundation. They're all coming down. Uh, I know uh, uh, Dan Orlovsky, who was a great quarterback at UConn, who did a radio broadcast with us late in the year, 
Um, he's coming. There's some thought George Springer, the World Series MVP, could be here tonight. Wow, He was up nice. on the campus yesterday. That's just a, that's just a maybe. But, yeah, I think, I think there's going to be a lot of UConn games here. And I think, Brett, that's just proof that people are dying to relive the Big East days. And I'm one of them. I'm going to love every minute yeah. of it. And those, those old feelings and seeing it. And, you know, look, you, you got to do what you got to do in college sports these days, but it doesn't mean you can't scroll down uh, the past a little bit. And that's what we'll see tonight. And that means we get to talk to you, which is always great. And have a great call. Enjoy it out there tonight. I can't wait to uh, talk to you again because these, these teams seem to run in, into each other a lot. But uh, pleasure to do it today. And, and safe and happy travels out there, Joe. Right. Always a pleasure to talk to you, my friend. It's good you're one of the more interesting followers on Twitter, and uh, have a great holiday, my friend. Thank you so much, Joe. You do the same. That's Joe D'Ambrosio. He's the play-by-play voice of the UConn Huskies. Love catching up with Joe for insight on the Huskies and life and travel tips. So you just said it right there. That was interesting to get his perspective on that. When you're in the American Conference and where you're going and how you're doing it, the travel stinks. And, boy, being in an airport on December 23rd at 9 o'clock at night, Pray for Joe. Pray for Joe that night. That's incredible. But he just made a great point. It's something I want to talk about a little bit later on in the show. There's still a yearning for this. This is a big game on the surface tonight. It's a big game for, you know, the micro, if you will, this season. But on a macro level, that fire still burns. And when we tune in tonight, even though it's 930, you know how Grandpa feels about these late-night starts. But, look, when that game starts and, and they pan up and it's Madison Square Garden and, and as Joe and I just talked about, the fan bases from both schools are going crazy, you're going to look at the calendar and you're going to be like, are you sure it's 2017? People still want to see these teams play, and it's great that they run into each other via scheduling, calling each other and saying, let's play, or they get in these Jimmy V Classics or the 2K Classic or this Classic or that Classic, the battle for Atlantis. We were all hoping a couple years ago those two would meet up, and they did. And even in, you know, a weird setting, you know, at a at a resort in the Bahamas on this weird like disco court they played on, it felt like old times. And now you're getting them at the Garden tonight. That's a big game. That's a big game for Syracuse, and we will discuss that certainly as we go forward here.